welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Tonight, we are going to be talking about, I believe, maybe one of the most important topics in our entire lives, because there's four areas of your life that you, you just have to manage. And first, first is your relationship with God. And that is managed in your daily devotional walk with God. Our church, I hope you have downloaded the U version. If you don't mind a sound team turning me down a little bit, that way if I raise my voice, it's not too loud. You have downloaded on your phone the U version Bible app. It's free. You can find our church on there and follow the plan we're going through right now. Our church plan is on prayer, and when we're done with that plan, it updates with a new one, but you can stay committed to reading your Bible through the U version. Just search for Broadway Baptist Church. It comes right up. Easy to find. That is your daily relationship and walk with God. Every day, you want to be in God's Word. God has chosen to speak to you and I through the Bible. The second most important thing to manage in your life is yourself. So how do you do that? I have discovered what that means is time management. What I mean by that is what we devote time to is what we value is important. Now, if you go out to the bookstore and you purchase a self-help book, it's going to basically tell you how to think, how to, uh, what to eat, uh, it's basically it's, it's managing every little micro decision in your life. But your time, that is, I mean, you think about how, how, what you spend your time on. If you spend two hours a day scrolling through Instagram, you are being discipled by Instagram for two hours a day. I mean, whether you say it or not, that is completely influencing who you are. If you choose to go watch Three hours of TV. Whatever showed on TV is what is making, it's, it's, it's making who you are. So that's managing yourself, which to me that's managing through your time. Thirdly, is we manage our relationships. And that's how we get along with other people. You all know I'm a podcast listener. And I listen to one podcast, it's actually a lady. And she helps people get married. And she talks to a lot of single people. And she says a lot of times what happens is people just aren't honest with themselves. And she talks to these young men and young women who, you know, you start getting in your 30s and you're wondering, okay, why am I not married? And so, you know, everybody else, all my friends have got married. They're starting to have children. Here I am, 33 years old, and I'm still not married. So what's wrong? And then, and then what happens, if you're not careful, you will have friends come up to you and say, oh, you're going to find the right one, or no, there's no guy good enough for you, or you're still making the... And that's not necessarily true. From her experience, what, what she has noticed in relationships, and I have noticed this too, how we talk to one another actually is going to make or break all your relationships. If you are very arrogant, and you go around using sarcasm all the time, and you go around just, I hate to use this word, but a jerk, and you just aren't kind. It's just, you make cute, cutting comments, and it's just all the time, it's just irritable. And, you, know, you will find yourself with a lot of broken relationships. Or if you're one of those people, you just fly off the handle, and you have the temper, and your anger problems, and you explode on the people, they are going to be scared to death to be around you. They just won't be around you. Because they're going to be very frightened about that. So um, that is how, from my experience, how basically your conversation, your speech, and the book of James speaks of that, your speech will determine your friendships. Uh, uh, that's your relationship. Then to come to the fourth one, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And that's about money. And I want you to pull out a bulletin. I hope you got a bulletin. If you don't have a bulletin, you want to stand up and you want to go grab a bulletin back at the Welcome Center because we're going to reference this. There is nothing more in your life. So, you know, you've got a relationship with the Lord. 
You might, you might be very kind with your words, so you can get along with other people. You might even be able to manage your time very well. And you, are, you make wise decisions on how, and how you spend your free time, that you're, you're not lazy. You don't binge watch TV and social media for hours every day. So you're very productive in your life. But then you come to the area of finances, and if you aren't careful, this will absolutely paralyze your life. I don't want to say it will ruin your life, because it won't ruin your life. I guess it could ruin, but it, it paralyzes you. Money equals freedom. Money does not buy salvation. Money does not, uh, does not buy any type of relationship with the Lord. But what money does is it can, by managing your money well, you can reduce worry, reduce stress, reduce anxiety, reduce just, ner- just uh, con- constant fear all the time in your life. I listen to Dave Ramsey, and I hope if you're on Instagram, you need to pick up your phone right now, and you need to search Dave Ramsey, and you need to click follow. You literally, you literally can be discipled. You know, you think about financial classes. You can go sign up for these. I get them in the mail every single day. You don't need to do all that. What I'm going to give you tonight you can, if you just apply this stuff, that, that I, and I stole all this stuff from Dave Ramsey. It's all, this is all on his, and you can literally just follow his Instagram page. It's all free. He just tells you how to make decisions. But Dave Ramsey is a Christian financial counselor who, in the early 80s, he found himself bankrupt. Him and his wife could not pay any of their bills. They didn't have food. They had made such Foolish financial decisions. They were in hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And they couldn't even buy dinner. They couldn't even put food on the table. And he, what God, he said, I've heard, you know, his testimony is on his Instagram page. God got a hold of him. And he had to basically man up. You have to, the first step of, of managing finances is taking responsibility. You have to accept no one is going to come and manage your own money. They aren't. You have to accept responsibility for your own financial uh, wise decisions and your own financial foolish decisions. It's no one else's fault but yours. And things just don't happen. And money just doesn't fall off a tree into your bank account. This is not going to happen. So what you have, you've been given from the Lord and you're expected to manage it. But what happened with Dave Ramsey is in the early 80s, he used the f- two words. He said, never again. He woke up one day and said, never again is this going to happen. Here I am, I have a young family. We have paralyzing fear. I cannot pay a single creditor. I can't even buy groceries. They're starving, these people. And my wife is looking at me, so what have you done? Credit card, can't even pay the bills. And it's out of control. What do you do? And at that point, he started uh, learning principles to manage your money. And I want to share, is if you're a parent or you're a grandparent, you need to be teaching your children over and over again with every opportunity how to manage their money, how to save money, how not to be wasteful of money. And this is hard because everywhere we go in the world, everything costs money. And it costs more money. And if you turn on anything on social media or on the news or on TV, all you're going to be watching is commercials wanting you to buy stuff. That's all it is. Every fifth post on Facebook and Instagram, 20% is an ad. That's all it is. If you sit there for hours scrolling, you're actually, 20% of what you're doing is watching advertisement. And they want you to buy stuff. If you watch a 30-minute television show, 17 minutes is the show, 13 minutes is a commercial. That's how they have it set. And they've got this down to science. Because if they put way too much commercials, then you'll change the channel and realize this is an info commercial. So they have to put 17 minutes of a show, just enough of a majority. But there's lots of commercials. That's what you're watching. So when we consume this stuff, we're watching people sell us and say, give me your money. So I'm gonna, we're going to read some scripture, and then we're going to go over... First, I want to go over this. I want you to pull out the back of your bulletin. 
And then we're going to go over this on the screen. I'm going to give you the 10 tips of managing your money successfully. And I want to explain where this goes to. You know, God calls us to tithe. God has a desire for us to be very generous. But the challenge is, what happens is some people in a church are not able to be very generous. And you go, why can't they be very generous? The reason they can't be very generous is because they're paying Chase Bank every, day, every month. And that bill and that 30% interest keeps sucking all their money away. And that every month, Chase Bank shows up a, a statement in the mail with interest on And you just can't, you can't ever get ahead because all you're doing is paying Chase Bank. And you've got big banks in New York City that are literally stealing your money. But they say, how are they stealing my money? Because we made, you made foolish decisions of buying things when you essentially did not have an emergency fund. I'm going to show you all of that. So this is, these four tips here, you, if you just take, I'm going to get to ten in a minute, but if you take these four, it will transform your life. Number one, you must have a written budget. Sherry, I have a, I have a seven-page written budget. If I drop dead right now, you could go and print on my computer 2024 budget, and it would actually have everything you want on there. It would have every insurance company, every bill, every quarterly bill, every monthly bill. I just listed every medical bill we owe. Uh, it has the login information. If I died, she could see. I mean, it's retirement accounts. Everything's written, written out. It's right there. It's not a mystery. So if I owe money to someone... I just make a note on my seven-page Microsoft Word document. Just list it. So I'm fully aware it's there. Because I won't remember it. You know, there's lots of things to pay for. Stuff comes and goes. But I have a written budget. Now, a lot of that stuff, I don't have to reference. Some of that stuff, you know, we're a Costco member. Well, that, we pay that once a year. I have it listed on there, but I don't sit there and think about that throughout the year. So, but it is listed in there because that's a membership. We purchased a jewelry plan on Sherry's rings. You know, that's a once a year payment. It's not a monthly payment. That's just one of those things I know in January that's going to come due. So I'm aware of that. You need to have a budget. And it needs to be, and I want to tell you, the step with your budget of managing your money is you can't have a pretend budget. You have to list the facts. Even if it's brutal, even if it's ugly, even if you don't like what you're spending the money on. I spend $20.18 every month for Disney+. Plus. I'm convinced that is a total waste. I don't use it. I have tried to get people in our house to get rid of it. To me, that is $240 of a waste. I mean, I just, uh, every year, 240 Disney Plus. Now, it comes with ESPN and Hulu as well. It's a little premiere. But still, well, I don't use that, that, I don't use that enough. But there's people in our house, they are, they're dead set. They've got to spend that 240 a year. But I regularly, I will let them know how much I'm paying for that because I have it listed. I don't like it, but it's on the account of that. So that's what your budget has have. It's just facts. Mine's seven pages long which is all the information I have. So that's number one. And I tell you, you need to, and your children and your grandchildren, they need to know you have that. It's not, it's not mystery time. It's just, this, these are the facts of my finances, of every single account, every retirement account, every insurance account, every Costco membership, stuff like that. It's just, there it is. Number two, you need to make sure that you are spending less than your income. You will never get ahead. Let's just use some easy, uh, easy. let's just say you live off of $5,000 a month. Well, if you are spending $4,000 in your, in your budget, if you are maxed out and you're at $4,700 and you're only leaving $700 of wiggle room, you are in trouble. You're in trouble. Because every month, easily $300 of unexpected expenses come up. This week for us, our daughter Esther is in the Little Mermaid at 
LCA where she goes to school. Now, you would think if you're going to be in the school play, would that be free? Absolutely not. That's $200. $200. Now, they told me, I knew that in, in December. They'll tell you when you sign up for that beginning of December, oh, by the way, there will be a $200 charge to be in The Little Mermaid. Well, they, they hit us for that this week. You know, six weeks later, then I pay for it. But, you know, I knew it was coming. That's one of those things. If that's not, if you are not prepared for that, and you only had $300 a month, there goes $200 just like that. Do you see? So what happens, you want to make sure there is plenty of wiggle room for unexpected expenses. And I'm going to show you where to put uh, that money here, where Dave Ramsey says to put that money. Number three, pay off your credit cards. I'm going to, we're going to teach you how to pay off your credit cards. Because the thing about your credit cards is if you do not have, you, you pay your credit cards every month. And you, first of all, you and the people who use your credit cards, you and your spouse, or whoever all uses them, y'all have to decide, we aren't going to use these credit cards anymore. We just aren't going to use them. Just, it's a no-no. Not going to use credit cards. Because what happens is if you keep using credit cards, you'll never get out of debt. And when I say use credit cards, I mean there's a, a balance on those credit cards. I'm not talking about you pay off it every month just to get points. And that can be the temptation of that. You might open the credit card and say, hey, I'll make sure I pay it off every month. Well, you might do that for three months, but then in month number four, you have a lot of extra expenses and you put them on the credit card and you just do not have the money to pay off those, that expense. So the next thing you know, then you're paying interest. And the credit card companies know they have you on that. They want everyone to think, oh, you just pay it off each month. Well, month five, by that point, you're not paying it off every month. You're carrying half the balance that you used to. So, and then there comes the interest. You look for, Dave Ramsey says, the way to pay off credit cards. First of all, you get rid of them. You have to decide, I'm not going to use these anymore. They're just not going to do it. You look for a loan with the smallest balance. And then you, you have an attack plan. My attack plan, I have seven different accounts right now, and they're listed in order. Number one, it's getting paid off first. And you, it's the one by the lowest balance. And I just sit there and look. I actually call it on my seven-page budget, attack plan of these accounts need to be paid off first. And then what happens after you pay off the first one, it has, that first balance for me is only like $150. So I know I'll pay that off very soon. And then I take the money, and then it drops down to number six. As long as nobody in our house opens up an additional card or starts charging stuff on something else, it will stay at then six. But y'all see what happens. You just keep applying that number so then a year down the road two years down the road you might only have three different cards left or three different charge accounts what it is you have a plan where you are each month it's getting less and less and less now number four look at this this is i believe number four is the most important one on this sheet right here dave ramsey preaches this number four is the reason we go into debt number four you must have an emergency fund. And you have to save for this every month. You have to put away two or three hundred bucks a month into just a savings account, into some account stuck off to the side, or otherwise, here's what happens. If you do not have an emergency fund, do you know what ends up being your emergency fund? Your credit card. Because what happens is you're going to have the washing machine break. You're going to end up having... Uh, uh, the Little Mermaids, 200 bucks, stuff like that just pops up. And if you aren't prepared, if it wasn't in your seven-page budget and you did not know that was coming, you will turn to your credit card to pay it off. The best way to get out of debt is to start building up an emergency fund. Dave Ramsey all, all talks about $1,000. The problem with $1,000 is that $1,000 might not cover it. If your car breaks down, you go to the shop, that's a, sometimes a two dollars or $3,000 bill. You need to have two, three, four thousand dollars in an emergency fund. And you, you build that up for an entire year. You're ready for when the washing machine goes out, when the car breaks down, when uh, the AC breaks, when the plumber has to come fix stuff. I mean, that, these things will happen. The air conditioner broke. I mean, a year and a half ago, we had to replace our air conditioner. It was $6,700. I mean, that is just one of those things. It just came about. Your emergency fund is your protection against the credit card. So if you do not have an emergency fund, stuck away, 
in some Sherryon Bank at uh, PNC Bank. But we also have an account at Commonwealth Credit Union. That's a savings fund over there. It's just, it's a bonus account over there. It's even a different bank. So it's there if we need to move, move money into that. This here prevents you from being tempted to use a credit card. So if Dave Ramsey was preaching tonight, and he's telling you, here's how you're going to get out of debt. He's saying, you got to first of all make you a seven-page budget. It might even take two months to make that budget. You got to first even figure out what do you have. A lot of people have no idea what they even have. I, about three times, four times a week, I have to sit there and pull up that budget document on Microsoft Word and just sit there and update it and just make sure I'm staying on top. Once you get it updated, all it is is you don't have to spend but 15 minutes a week on it. You're just maintaining it. But what occurs, what's most important for you and all of us and your children and grandchildren is this emergency fund. You will never get out of debt without a savings account off to the side. Savings accounts are your friend. Don't so much worry about how much interest to make. Interest on great interest, I mean, it's better to have $5,000 making hardly anything than $5,000 making a good interest rate. So then at the end of the year, you have $5,025. I mean, that $25, that's just not worth it. You just need to have it tucked away. Just say, it's just going to stay, stay there and it's going to be ready for when the car breaks down. That is your protection. And then you get to number five. See, this is, why, this is when you're able. You start getting these five, first five principles. A written budget. A, you start spending less than your income. You have to make sure, okay, are my expenditures substantially less? Are they 90 to 85, uh, 85 to 80% less? If they are right up, bumping up right at the maximum amount, you're going to go into debt. You have to have some wiggle room there for those unexpected expenses. And also, that's where you can pull your emergency fund money out and start putting it into a savings account. And then you focus on attacking your credit cards, list them out in order, any charge account, any debt you have, and you list them out in your attack plan in order, and it just, he calls it, the, Dave Ramsey calls this the snowball effect, because you start paying off debt. And then you build up, very important, your emergency fund, and then you're actually able to tithe. At this point, you know, I want to tell you, somebody who's, financially strapped they can't give to a church they can't tithe they can't even give generously if there's a need in their family or somebody just needs some financial help they can't do it because they do not have these first four principles in place every 19 and 20 year old needs to be taught this stuff at a young age this stuff actually works you put this in place it is amazing how it just your greatest friend is actually your income. It's you managing your money. Here's the thing about managing money. Nobody else is going to do it for you. If you don't manage your money, your money goes away. It just flies away. It just goes wherever. So I'm going to read some scripture here about this. We're going to look at two different Bible verses. Then we're going to go over 10 tips for managing your money. We're in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And you can read it up here on the screen. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. It says, God's word. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor or have entered into an agreement with a stranger, you have been snared by the words of your mouth, trapped by the words of your mouth. What he's talking about, he's talking about put up a security, enter into agreement. He says that means going into debt. When you agree to go into debt, you've been trapped. You're on the hook. I've got you. You have entered into an agreement that you, you know, you've got to pay that back. Number, verse 3. Do this then, my son, and free yourself, for you have put yourself into your neighbor's power. So he's talking about freeing yourself from debt. Don't let your neighbor have this, this is, you know how I said uh, uh, financial, uh, managing your money is freedom? That's what this verse is talking about. When you can manage your own money and you're not in debt, you're actually free. That's what money does. It frees you up. It doesn't buy you anything. You can't buy happiness. You can't buy, uh, you can buy entertainment, but you can't buy pl uh, pleasing the Lord. But you are free when you're not in debt. 
Do this then, my son, and free yourself, for you have put yourself in your neighbor's power. Go humble yourself and plead with your neighbor. Don't give sleep to your eyes or slumber to your eyelids. What he's talking about there, what Solomon's talking about, he's saying if you're in debt, you need to be working hard to pay it off. People in debt should not be eating at Texas Roadhouse. People in debt who have thousands and thousands of credit card debt should not be going out on vacations and trips and eating out all the time. You know, Dave Ramsey, he says, the, I, I, you know, I listen to all this stuff on Instagram. The biggest waster of money is the person who eats out all the time. Eating out is phenomenally expensive. If I have six people in my house, if we went to Texas Roadhouse, our bill with a tip is probably $160 with four children. And the children just eat like giants. I mean, it's just food after food. It just keeps on going. I mean, $160, and that's four adult meals, or maybe one child's meal, Esther. But Benjamin's now eating a full meal. 160 bucks we just spent for one meal. I could take that money and go to Kroger and buy $160 worth of groceries. In our house, that would probably last four days. Four days. I could, do you understand the math here? Four days worth of food versus one meal. And I think this is the practical thing. The, the man in debt, the woman in debt, there's some things you just have to go without. And eating out is the top one. That is the biggest waster of money. It will, especially when you've got a big group with you, feeding the family. You will, your people who go out, to debt, go, uh, go out to eat, they're losing money. Now look at this. And so it says there in verse 4, don't give sleep to your eyes or slumber your eyes. That means you, if you're in debt, you need to be working all the time. I mean, just you're, you're working to pay that off. You're trying to free yourself. You've made poor financial decisions. You go ahead and confess it. Don't sugarcoat it. You just admit it to the Lord. It says, Lord, I've not been, I have not been wise with managing my money. Now I'm going to make wise decisions to get out of this debt. And then it says, escape like a gazelle from a hunter, like a bird from a hunter's trap. When you are in debt, when you have put up security for your neighbor, you don't realize it, but you have been trapped. A hunter has you. Who's the hunter? The hunter many times, I'm talking about Chase Bank. That's the hunter. They've got you. You accepted their offer. You took the credit card. You're using it and you're, you're just paying the minimum payment. So we look at this and the Bible's warning us against debt. You know, our church is debt free. We have no debt as a church. So, and one of the great things that happened during COVID in 2020, our church was in a strong financial position because it was debt-free. I know ministers, fellow pastors, they were laid off. Their churches could not pay their bills during COVID. They could not do it because the people weren't there to give anymore and people were losing their jobs and all of a sudden they're worshiping with, on the internet only. And it was just, I mean, it, it wiped out a lot of people because a lot of those churches still had debts that had to keep paying. And it was one where every month the bank's going to want their money. Flip over in your Bible before we get to our 10 tips to the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians because the Bible actually cares about our attitude towards money. The Lord cares what we think about money. And we see this here in 2 Corinthians Chapter 9, verse 6. Dave Ramsey says that there is actually one very important financial principle. And the key word he uses is actually a Bible word. It's contentment. Contentment means you have to be able to say, I don't need that. I don't need to go there. I can do without. It will be okay. Content people just have to pass. They have to realize this is not for me. I understand all my friends are doing this. They're all going there. They're all eating there. They're all participating in this. But I am perfectly content in being debt-free and managing my money. It's not always fun, but it's, it's just what it is. People who, are, who can understand contentment, it brings peace into their life. Because they're peaceful. I'm content because I did not have to buy this. But if you struggle, and remember, 
the opposite of contentment is covetousness. That's the Tenth Commandment. That means you're just wanting more and more and more. You desire this. Where contentment is saying, no, I, I don't need to have that. Advertising, it is totally built around the sin of covetousness. It's teaching. If you had this, you will be happy. If you had this, things would go well in your life. Now the Bible is actually going to teach us here about contentment. So I want you to read along. These will be the last two Bible verses we read this evening. And this is looking at what Paul wrote about the attitude concerning money. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. God's Word says, the point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. That means if you work part-time, 20 hours a week, you will have part-time income. If you work 80 hours a week, you'll have 80-hour work plus overtime money. Like, so do you see what he's saying? He's saying, if you want a lot of money, if you start sowing a lot of seed. He's saying, if you need income, you need to start working for it. One of the, also the advantages I've realized will work, when you work 80 hours a week and you're at work all the time, you tend to spend less money because you don't have any freedom to go anywhere. Because all you do is go to work. People who work like 100 hours a week don't spend any money except for like maybe buying their lunch and dinner at the, wherever they're at because they don't have any freedom to even go anywhere because they're realizing they're sowing, saying, hey, I've got to make this money to get out of this debt. I've got to catch up to where I'm at. So God is, this is a very simple principle. If you want a great crop, you need to not sow sparingly. You need to sow generously. He's saying, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Well, that's common sense. That's teaching a work ethic there in the Bible. Now, look here. Verse 7. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. Meaning, Paul's talking about giving right there. He's saying, you need to decide in your heart, okay, first of all, I want to tell you, if, you, if you're ensnared by debt and credit card companies, you're, you're not going to be a cheerful giver. You're not going to be able to give because you're going to have bills that are going to show up every month. And it's going to be a fear to pay those bills. And you know they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Every month they're coming. And it's hard to have a cheerful attitude when you can't do that. But when you are finally free yourself from the snare, then you can decide, okay, I'm now going to start giving. I'm going to be a cheerful giver. I'm going to decide when, like last month, we talked about Lottie Moon. When we come here and say, it's time to give to our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Well, the man or woman, the couple that's sinking in debt, they're not able to give to Lottie Moon. They can't. They can't give to Lottie Moon. They're giving to Chase Bank. Is that where their Lottie Moon offering went? It didn't, go to, it didn't go to the IMB mission board. It went to New York City to pay a, a multi-billion dollar executive because they, they got you on the hook because we didn't follow Proverbs chapter 6. So when we read this verse, what, what reason why Dave Ramsey's principles are so important, he's saying you do this, you get a budget, you just focus on building up that emergency fund. Remember, the emergency fund is your safety net against using a credit card. And eventually, once you get, once you totally build up your emergency fund, you can actually cut up your credit cards. You'll think, I don't even need these anymore. For, because I have built up the savings account over here that I have access to, so if something truly unexpected come, I can turn to it. Look here. We're going to now look at the 10 tips for managing money. This is straight from Dave Ramsey. And I hope all of you open up your Instagram Account and follow Dave Ramsey. It is truly worth it. So all of this stuff is coming from him. He says, uh, number one, you need to take inventory. That is face the truth. That means even with their expenses that you don't like, back taxes, uh, inappropriate things that you've purchased, you just have to write it down. You take inventory. What do I owe? Who am I in debt to? Who have I borrowed from and I have to pay back? And you have to face the truth, face the facts. And you don't have to tell necessarily the whole world, but you, you have to tell yourself. You cannot, you cannot lie to yourself and get out of debt. 
So our first step, Dave Ramsey's saying, these are his 10 tips, you take inventory, you're facing the truth. Number two, you must get on a budget. The budget is your boss at your home. The budget teaches what you're going to give your money to. It directs everything. If it's not in the budget, you do not purchase it. Now you say, Pastor, what if you have an emergency? Well, if something truly comes up, then your emergency fund has to pay for it. Eating out is not the emergency fund. The emergency fund is when stuff breaks that you have to have. It's when all of a sudden, like when there's an unexpected trip, like say someone has some health concerns and you have, you have to pay for these health concerns. You have to go take care of your aging parents or something like that. There's just something comes up. You have to be prepared to do that. That's emergency fund stuff. Number three, you must track your expenses. Meaning, whether it's in a checkbook register or it's on a, on a Word document, you have to write down, here's what I paid. Here's what I, this is what this cost. There's some form of tracking. There's a million different apps you can download that will track your expenses. Every bank, PNC Bank has an tr- expense tracker. It's called PNC Bank Wallet. It will actually track all my expenses as I want it to. It just sits there and puts them in categories for me. So I can just click on dining and it shows me all the food I spent. It click on shopping and it says oh, everywhere Sherry went and bought stuff from. You can sit there. It will do that for me since we bank at PNC Bank. I don't recommend that bank necessarily, but that's just happened to be where we bank. So the church banks too as well. But there is an expense tracker. If you're not tracking your expenses, you have no clue so, like, again, going back, if you make $5,000 a month and you're not tracking, you would have no idea. Am I spending $5,500 or am I spending $3,800? I have no idea. If you have no idea, then most likely you're spending $5,500 if you don't realize that. You're spending more. Number three, you must follow a plan that works. Everyone's on board. If you have multiple people in your house that buy into a budget. And I don't tell you, even the children have to buy in this. We've had to speak to Daniel and Elizabeth and say, you know, we don't have the money to pay for this. This isn't in the budget. We didn't plan for this. You have to communicate to your spouse and people in your house, this is what we're spending our money for. And you just let them know. It's, it has to follow a plan. It has to work. Like, Sherry went somewhere today and I gave her $22 to spend on this. So that was her money for that. So, I mean, that was just... That's her, that was what we're going to, I mean, that was the plan where she had to go for. And it, she, she's very good. It won't go over 22. Might be right at 22, but as long as it's 20, that's, but it's, you know, you can't give somebody $22 and they go back and spend 72 and go, well, we're missing 50 bucks. If we start doing that regularly, you're going to be paying Chase Bank. I mean, if, especially if you don't have an emergency fund. So you, everyone has to be on board with this. Talking about money can't be a secret. And if you're dating someone, think about getting married, you need to talk to them. Like, you and your fiancé, you, y'all need to, like, list a seven-page document. Talk, get everybody in the house on, on board. Premarital counseling needs to be a huge session about finances. You know, people who are reckless with money, that leads to divorce. People who have secret bank accounts, people who are secretly shopping and buying stuff, that causes marital problems. When people are honest. And, and, and the devil will use money to, to, to destroy families. He uses debt. I want to tell you, the devil uses debt to handicap Christians. They can't go on mission trips. They, ha- they can't tithe. They can't give. And I want to tell you, if, if you are drowning in debt, just drowning in bills, you need to realize, I have fallen for a satanic trap. And there's a lot of different reasons. But you go back to these principles and you have to decide, just like Dave Ramsey said. He woke up with his wife and said, Honey, I'm sorry. Never again will this happen. Never again will we get to the point where I can't even put a food on the table to pay for, pay for my family. Can't even do it. He realized it was a satanic trap. It's a hunter has trapped you, as Proverbs chapter 6, verse 4 says. A net has fallen over you, and you're ensnared in it. 
And our job as Christians is to free ourselves from that net. And then to teach your family about the dangers, how the devil wants to handicap so many believers. The average Christian does not tithe. The average Christian here in the United States gives 2.5% to their church. 2.5% is not a tithe. That means the money's going somewhere. And I have a feeling it's going, keep using Chase Bank, it's going to New York City. It's going to these credit card companies. They're the ones that make money. They're the ones that do whatever. So everyone has to be on page following the plan that works. Number five, I, I've learned this is so important. You build that emergency fund. The emergency fund is your best friend. You want to say this is where our bonus fund is for when things break. This prevents you more than anything else from going into credit card debt because you know it's there. You're following your budget, and they, these expenses will come. You need to, to build that fund. You need to start putting two, three, four hundred dollars a month, as much as you can, into building that fund, and get it up to several thousand dollars because stuff stuff breaks. Number six, you need to get out of debt for good. That means you have to realize the dangers of debt. Debt is some something that is not good. And I say for good. You literally, Dave Ramsey says, you have to cut up the credit cards. Because if you store them away in some drawer, one day, it's, a mag- it's magical. The drawer reopens and they're back in your purse or wallet and you're using them for that unexpected expense. When you don't have access to it, you can't use it. And you can actually call the credit card company and tell them, it says, you know, I want to close this account even though I still owe you $8,000, but I want to close the account, but I'm just going to pay it off each month as it goes. But there's no possible way that you can actually still use it. It can't go up anymore because you've closed the account, but you still have to pay it off. You can call a credit card company and do that. So there's no temptation to use that when you, when you decide to get out of debt. And debt, well, credit card debt is what we call an unsecured loan. A house is not considered uh, an unsecured loan because you actually own something. Credit card debt, is, you're, you're Texas Roadhouse. You ate the food, it's gone. It's just not coming back. There's no way. There's nothing to secure the debt except your monthly payment. That's, what, that's, what, that's the danger of debt. Number seven, you need to raise your income. And this is why that Bible verse talks about how working all the time and, and so, sowing generously, you reap generously. People, I, I, I've, you, you have a phenomenal work ethic. Take two or three different jobs. If you need to make more money, just make more money. You can't allow pride or any type of attitude to prevent you from making money. Because what's going to happen is, the, if you raise your income, you can then pay off more debt faster. And knowing that one of the best things to do is just sell your stuff. You can list stuff. And our children do this on my Facebook account all the time. Facebook Marketplace and that neighborhood app right here in Lexington, you can sell everything in your house and just Every, you should just, every week you should be listing stuff. And so you're selling $25 here, $30 here, $40 there. That pays for gas. That pays for school fees. That pays for birthday parties you're going to have to go to. I went and sold this. It was $30. That paid for that little birthday party I had to go to and take the kids. That paid for this week's gas. Go, drive into wherever. You're just, Dave Ramsey talks about you should get, when you're getting out of debt, people, even the children, should be worried they're next to get sold. Because everything, the house is getting more and more empty because everything's just disappearing. So where is everything? And I want to tell you, it's free to sell your stuff on, say, Facebook Marketplace. I want to tell you, everyone in this church should have stuff for sale right now on Facebook Marketplace. Facebook, let me tell you this. If you use that app, Facebook should basically be the way you're making money by selling your stuff. If you're wasting two hours a day just scrolling, do you know what you're going to end up doing? Buying stuff because every fifth post is an ad. I don't want to buy stuff. I want people to see my stuff for sale. And it's free to sell it. And you get cash. People come to your house, or if you don't feel, you meet them in some public place, and you say, hey, it's 20 bucks. They give you a $20 bill. You don't ever take a check. Or they send you like Venmo or PayPal. And you give it to them, just like that. That is an immediate way to raise your income. And I want to tell you, you can do that 
sitting at home at 11.30 at night. You can just sit there and sell. If I'm going to open up the Facebook app, I should be selling something or promoting Jesus or the church. That's the only things I should ever be doing on Facebook or Instagram. Or if you're on Instagram, you should be reading about Dave Ramsey. But just sitting there watching garbage, being discipled by the social media, you're losing your life. Number eight, you have to decide, I'm going to stop spending. Just stop spending. You have to realize, I'm going to be a thrifty man, a thrifty woman. There is something to buy all the time. And you just have to say, I'm going to stop. There's no more spending. Look, I buy groceries and I buy gas. That's what she told Sherry. That's all I buy. All I want to buy in life are, I don't need any more clothes. I don't need any more things. I buy groceries and gas. Those are just essential things you have to have to live on. And you just get to the point, because I know with four children, things are going to come up, so I just plan on groceries and gas, and then all these other things come on top of that, because I know they are coming. But those are the things I purchase at our home. And, and what happens, if you're all the time finding yourself buying stuff, you're, you're not going to get out of debt, and you're not going to be able to maintain a budget. You just have to stop. Number eight, you need to save and invest for your future. This means you want to save for your retirement. One of the reasons a lot of people can't save for retirement, they can't save for their children's college education, is because why? They're paying Chase Bank. Chase Bank in New York City has all their money. Chase Bank is where their retirement is going to. Chase Bank is where their children's college education fund went. It, it, you, it started at Texas Roadhouse. It ended up in New York City at Chase Bank because you had to pay them. Plus, then you're paying interest on it. That's where, that's where it all flies away to. So you have to, but you can't get to number nine until you get these other things in order because you're not able to save if you're in total bondage and you don't have an emergency fund. You just can't do it because you're just going to keep digging. And then number 10, this has to do with church. Number 10, it is be generous with your money. Tithing starts here. When you get these first eight in order, then you can get to start saving for retirement, saving for college, saving for um, a house, saving for uh, giving to the Lord. These things... What I have learned, when you take someone, you know, new people come to our church all the time, and I talk to them. If they are in financial bondage, they're in debt, they cannot give or tithe. They just can't. Because they know every month they have to keep paying these bills. They have become a slave to the credit card companies. They have become a slave to student loans. They have become a slave to... Uh, just charge accounts they've opened up that offered zero interest for six months or they offered uh, free airline miles whatever it is is there's always going to be a catch that gets you in but then it's got you and then a year later your those perks are long gone you quadruple paid for that in interest as christians as bible believing christians we take these principles we take what the Bible says about our attitude being a cheerful giver, having the right attitude towards giving, and not only that, having the right attitude towards I'm going to begin uh, realizing how dangerous, spiritually dangerous debt is to our life, and I'm going to apply it. You take the back of your bulletin, and you go and you give this to your children. Give it to your wife. Give it to your grandkids and say, this is what I'm going to start doing. This should be taught in school. Uh, Lafayette High School should take this sermon and go show it to every 12th grader there because they're going to get out and they're going to get trapped. I'll never forget my first credit card. I truly got suckered into it. This will be my last story. We're going to have our invitation to respond. I was a freshman at Sanford University in Birmingham and I was walking around the quad and all of a sudden... um, this man came up and said, sir, would you like a free t-shirt? <laughs> um, I think I've shared this story before. And the t-shirt said Sanford University. He says, what size would you like? I said, I'll take an extra large. And he says, okay, all you need to do is fill out this form. And by the way, you are filling out this like application, but you'll get your t-shirt and you'll get some stuff in the mail. 
I filled out, the form I filled out was a Discover credit card application. That's what I filled out. I didn't even know. I literally took a t-shirt. I'm 18, I'm 19 years old, filling out this form. About a month later, I get this letter in the mail with a credit card with a $400 limit from Discover. It says, here's your credit card. You have a 400, it's a Discover student credit card. And you have a $400 limit. Thank you for signing up. I go, what, when did I sign up for this? Well, that t-shirt came with a, with a credit card as well. That was how I got my first credit card. That is just reminds us. And do you know every single day, I check the mail at our house, every single day I get credit card offers. Every single day. Capital One, just one after Chase Bank. Just I just they got I don't even open them. They just go straight to the trash. It never. This is something you will deal with the rest of your life. And until we as Christians realize, you know, I'm going to say no to credit card debt. And it's good. It's credit credit card debt is easy. I mean, you can open a credit card. I mean, just I mean, it is literally in seconds. You can pick up your phone right now and have a credit card by tomorrow at your house. They'll overnight it to you. And you can start using it. Just like that. It is that easy to get access to money. And what happens to us is Dave Ramsey's told Christians, you don't need to worry about your credit score. Because a lot of people are concerned about their credit. You don't need a credit score because you don't need credit. You need to be a saver. He says if you start paying off your debt and you start saving, by default your credit score will actually go up. Just by paying your debts off. Because they'll see, oh, this person is very wise with their money and they paid it off. You start missing payments and you get high, uh, high interest rates and then you get very high uh, account balances, your credit score starts going down. I, your focus as a believer in Christ is I don't want to be ensnared by debt. Beecher, why don't you come forward? We're going to have our invitation. I want to tell you, this invitation, if you want to come forward and make a decision, you can... Uh, Join our church. We do that here on Sunday nights. But not only that, if you want me or, or, um, or maybe David Humlong, if you want one of us, he's one of our deacons, one of our deacon officers, while we talked about earlier, want us to pray for you. Maybe you need a freedom from financial bondage. You walk down front and say, Pastor, I just want someone to pray for me because I've been enslaved by Chase Bank. I'm sending all my money to New York City. And instead of saving, instead of giving, instead of having any type of freedom, I'm just, I have found myself in bondage to this. So let's stand together. Beach is going to lead us in a song. And you come down forward. You can come make a decision. Or we can pray for you over your finances.